This is the Carindale Salvos podcast. It's always good to have a cold drink of water, ice water. Now, some people say lukewarm temperature water on your counter is healthier for you, but I think that's absolutely hogwash because there's nothing like a cold glass of water with ice in it to refresh you on a hot day. But our text this morning speaks about a different type of refreshment. It talks about spiritual refreshment. If you want to move back to Acts with me, that'd be awesome. Chapter 3, give you a moment to swipe there or turn there. And here we stand um, within close proximity to the inception of the church, all right? to the beginnings of the church. The day of Pentecost has just passed, and and they've just seen their first major growth spurt that any church would be thrilled with because it was about 3,000 people. All right? Growth spurt, 3,000 followers. As the chapter begins, we find the first miraculous healing performed by one of the apostles, namely Peter. And when he heals a beggar at the gate of the temple in Jerusalem, Peter performs this healing to the amazement and the wonder of onlookers. Perhaps they just haven't seen anything like this. Simply astonished, everybody crowds around and, and, and around him and John. And, and for whatever reason, this healing had, had caught their attention. Perhaps some were interested in, in how it was possible. Or maybe they, they were sick themselves and they wanted to receive healing for themselves. Perhaps some people just got caught up in the crowd. Sometimes that happens. People just get caught up in what's going on and they, they follow along just to see what's happening. Maybe that was the reason. But whatever reason, Peter and John found themselves surrounded by this large group of people and Peter, as Peter often did, sees this opportunity to speak about Jesus. Do we take the opportunities that come to us to speak about Jesus? Peter often did that. In verse 12, Peter addresses the crowd. First of all, he tells them that they should not be surprised by what they've seen. And then he goes on to challenge their recent actions towards Christ and their continued disbelief in Him, basically to present them with the gospel. Verses 13 to 15, he says to them this, You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. And then Peter explains to the people, just how what they have seen could and did take place. Not through Him, but through the power of the Spirit of Christ working in Him. Verse 16 says, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know is made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through Him that has given this complete healing to Him, as you can all see. And then after having boldly presented the gospel to these people. Peter does what any good evangelist does. He invites them to respond. Remember Billy Graham. 
always a response, always a simple message, but then always, always, always an invitation. Because God could be working in the hearts and lives of one person in the crowd. He says this in verse 17, Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. And that's where I'd like to spend a little bit of time this morning. Verse 19. Verse 19. Because it is a verse both of invitation and consecration. It's a verse that challenged the people who stood before Peter to re-examine what their thoughts were about and their actions were towards the person of Jesus. And to realize that in doing those things, times of refreshing would be theirs for the taking. Peter says to them, repent then and turn to God and your sins will be wiped out that many times, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Many understand the term repentance as um, turning from your sin or being sorry for what we've done. But in the Bible, the word repent means more fully to change your mind. To change your mind. You see, because it's not enough for us to be sorry for what we've done. Our sorrow must be followed by authentic change. The Bible tells us that true repentance will result in a change of actions. In Acts 26 and 20, the Apostle Paul writes, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance. Anybody know what it says? By their deeds. By their actions. Therefore, the full biblical definition of repentance is a change of mind that results in a change of action. Repentance. A change of mind that results in a change of action. This was what Peter was calling the people to do. He was urging them to change their thinking about who Christ was. And this in turn would be the catalyst for change in their resulting actions. These realities, if present in their hearts, if present in their minds, would bring about their righteousness in the eyes of God. Their sins would be wiped out. Now, other translations use the word blotted out. And it has a lot to do with the way um, ink was wiped off a document. Now, ink is different today than it was then. Ink now bites into the paper so that you can't wash it off. They make erasers for pens, but they really don't work. They just tear the paper to pieces. But back then, ink was different, and it could literally be just blotted. It could be wiped away. And Peter was saying that God was going to wipe away the record of their sin just like that. Just to blot it out. To wipe it out. There's a very real sense of, of permanence about that. Permanence of the love of God, which keeps no record of wrongs. In the last part, 
of the verse, Peter goes on to inform these onlookers that the miraculous result of this repentance and salvation would be times of refreshing, refreshments that come from the Lord, spiritual refreshment, a refreshment that came only from a personal relationship with God through the person of Jesus. And once in a relationship with Christ, they would be able to share fully in the blessing that accompanied that relationship. They would receive His peace and His comfort, protection, acceptance, friendship, spirit, provision, grace, power, and so much more. There would be this constant supply of spiritual refreshment and such refreshment would serve to sustain them through the hardships of their lives. It was refreshment which was spoken of by the prophets. Jeremiah spoke of God. Refreshing the weary and satisfying the faint. Isaiah wrote, The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Spiritual refreshment found in relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's the same for us today. For many of us, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ began with changing our thinking. And as our thoughts began to change, if you can think back to when you accepted Christ, your thoughts begin to change and then your actions begin to change as He transform, transforms you into His likeness. It has a tremendous effect on the way that we live our lives, our thinking. I think you'll agree with me that we probably live in a time and space where spiritual refreshment is needed perhaps more than any other time. I could probably come in here next year and say the very same thing. As we go forward in life, things just seem to be harder, more difficult, more problems, more world issues, more turmoil, more war. Spiritual refreshment is needed today. If we realize it or if we don't realize it, there's a spiritual war that's going on for each and every one of us. God wants us for Himself. The evil one wants us for Himself. We are in the heat of battle. Sometimes we don't even realize it. But in the same way that a cold glass of ice water refreshes our physical body, Jesus Christ, the living water, refreshes our souls. The same spiritual refreshment that Peter spoke about in those early days, it's available to us today. How do we receive it? Right? It's fine and well for me to stand up here and say we need spiritual refreshment, but how do we receive it? Where do we find it? Well, we find it in the indwelling of His Spirit by inviting Jesus Christ into our lives to live within us, to shine through us as we change our thinking about what God has done for us. By the reading and the study of His Word, we receive refreshment in places we don't expect, through prayer, 
engaging in all of these things, but most of all and most fundamentally, it's just simply in relationship with Jesus. Realizing what He wants to do and can do for us. As we close our time in the Word, um, we need to realize that, that, that what ends in eternal refreshment begins with humble repentance. Because eventually, spiritual refreshment will be an eternal reality when Christ comes back to call His church home, to call those that believe in Him. It will be experienced at a whole new level. A level that none of us have ever experienced before. You've been listening to the Carindale Salvos podcast. If you'd like to discover more or get in touch with us, visit us at salvos.org.au forward slash Carindale or head to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Carindale Salvos. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and tell your friends about it. You can find the podcast on our website or wherever you get your podcasts.